This is a remote voice podcast. I'm Daniel Silva, and this is the 17th in a series of letters that I'm writing from Arnhem Land in Australia's Northern Territory. This letter is called Exegesis. This week I started a new project called Exegesis. It's inspired by everything I've been doing or trying to do. But before I get to that, a short story. An old man shuffled with several heavy books down a quiet street. Two under his right arm, two under his left, one pinched in his right hand. He stopped briefly at a bench to ease and consider his burden, then continued on his way. As the old man struggled, a young man watched. Eventually he approached and offered to help. The old man was grateful, and together they walked a few blocks to the old man's apartment. Once inside, the young man set the books on a side table and helped the old man into a chair. I hope you don't mind my asking a question, the young man ventured, sensing himself in the presence of wisdom. Not at all, replied the old man, still catching his breath. All of a sudden, the young man was self-conscious. It seemed absurd to lay at the feet of a man he'd never met a question he'd always wanted to ask. So, said the old man, noticing the young man's hesitation, what is it you'd like to know? Unbeknownst to the young man, in a time gone by, the old man was called an exegete and a homilist. He'd expounded, proclaimed and edified, teased, pruned and tamed the verses of ancient stories whose lines frequently overgrew the sweet nectar between them, all so that others might more easily wander the garden of their genius. But the ancient stories were predicated on the notion of truth, and time, in its propensity to select and reject from the catalogues of ideas throughout human history, rejected truth. Its reasons were clear. Nothing, it said, could occur contrary to the laws of nature. And besides, that there were a multitude of denominations laying claim to truth was unequivocal evidence that whatever it was in their stories that sustained them, it had little to do with objective reality. So the old man had been stripped of his reverie. However, unlike some of his colleagues, he made no appeal to a higher court. Nor did he dispense with his verses. Instead, he gave one final address to his congregation. My friends, he said, there is no greater sacrifice than a sacrifice for truth. This we learn from Abraham, who for truth was willing to bind his only son Isaac to the altar. So terrifying was his faith, the sages tell us, that the angels in heaven cried, and their tears fell into Isaac's eyes. Years later, as an old man, Isaac was blind and vulnerable thus to deceit. Permit me to offer an equally terrifying interpretation of this story. For the sacrifice a man makes for truth is to denigrate all ideas but his own. To the vast majority of humankind, he says, 
I have sacrificed your ideas for truth. Therefore he cannot even consider them. He is forever prejudiced. And like one who stares openly at the sun, he will stare so hard at truth that when he looks away, he will be unable to see beyond its imprint. Such a man is blind, and his children will be blind as well. Muffled voices rippled through the congregation and threatened to boil over. My friends, please, let me finish. The old man struggled to quiet the room. It was quickly filling with unbridled emotion, and unfortunately his final words were lost on many. Let us not hold so tightly to our verses that we prevent even the tiniest drop of nectar from reaching our tongues. For it is the nectar that sustains us, and we should continue to know its taste. The same stuff flows in other stories, but not in all of them. So I implore you to look upon your work as I look now upon my own, knowing that it has barely begun. With that, the old man left his post. In the preceding years, he set about studying the collected literary effort of humankind. What he learned frequently changed his mind. The young man looked in the old man's eyes. A pair of alpine lakes crowded by fleshy peaks and valleys. I'd like to know what makes a good story, he said. Genuinely interested, the old man replied, What do you mean by good? The young man thought for a moment. I suppose I mean true, he said, but not the kind of truth arrived at by reason, nor the kind of truth with a capital T. I mean the kind of truth contained in stories, the kind of truth arrived at by exegesis. And what makes you think the truth of a story can't be validated by reason? The old man prodded. Because stories have an internal logic, they can make sense without being reasonable. Then perhaps, young man, your question is about the difference between sense and reason. Again, the young man took a moment to think. He hadn't framed his question in that way before. Now it seemed too fundamental to pursue. He was lost for words. Perhaps, the old man said quizzically, it will help you to know this story. It's about a wayfarer who visited a city rumoured to house an enchanted well. When he arrived in the city, the wayfarer inquired at an inn, and in exchange for two pints, he was given a map. But after following the map for an hour, he concluded it was erroneous. What did he expect from an innkeeper, the wayfarer thought. So he visited a fancy hotel where, in exchange for a room, he was given a second map. After another hour, he concluded that the second map was a fraud. What did he expect from a hotelier, he thought. Then the wayfarer happened upon a street urchin, who told him in no uncertain terms that such a well did not exist. But what did he expect from an urchin? The wayfarer decided to visit the library, where he made copies of every map he could find and spent several days following them all to no avail. Eventually, exhausted, 
he determined to enlist the help of others. So he stood outside the fancy hotel and sold his maps for a dollar apiece to cover expenses. Later that day, a couple to whom he had sold a map walked by and he overheard the husband say, that map was hogwash. To which his wife replied, what did you expect from a peddler? The young man was wrapped with the fable, but appeared confused. I'm not sure that answers my question, he said. Well, came the reply, what did you expect from a story? Well, that's the end of the short story. <laughs> so, back to the project. Simply put, it's a series of group sessions focused on the exegesis of canonical stories in popular Western culture, beginning with The Lion King. During the sessions, I play 20 to 30 minutes of the film at a time, then facilitate a discussion about its underlying significance, which I make poignant by using language from the kids' vernacular. For example, here is a snippet of truth contained in The Lion King. To be a good king or adult involves a lot more than simply getting one's way all the time. A good king keeps the circle of life in balance and maintains a peaceful home. A good king is brave, but that doesn't mean he goes looking for trouble. Being brave means overcoming shame. In that effort, it helps to be light-hearted. Let things go and remember that all the great kings of the past are on your side. A king who wants nothing but to get his own way is like Scar, who acts out of jealousy and hatred. He relies on three hyenas who spend all of their time teasing, lying and playing the fool to do his bidding. Their loyalty is based solely on the fact of their being fed. To be king is the right thing to want. What's important is how one gets there. With love, Daniel. Okay. That's the end of the letter. Uh, if you would like to read that letter, that story is, like that short story, is, I don't know, it's dense. It's dense. If you want to read it, you can do that on my website, danielsilver.work. I really like it. And also there's something in it which I can't say, which is that... Um, which has to do with the capitalization of letters to make proper nouns. Because, yeah, it's really, I don't know, I just, I just had this thought, which is that you can't read a proper noun. It just sounds the same as if it was a regular noun. So, But the capitalization of that letter is such a cool um, device. Okay, I think that that's... Um, that's it. So, until next week.